0: Welcome to the Small Hours podcast. My name is Al Guevara, Thank you very much for joining us. It is episode fifteen. Yeah! Fifteen, episode fifteen. I can't believe it. All right. That's. I, I was going to say it's it's a it's a half a, a quarter of a nothing nothing. It's not even. It's like a quarter of a sixty, so it doesn't really fall in between anything. Much. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of an insignificant yet a significant show.
1: Could be like a coming out show. But
0: now I that- was gonna save that for later, <laughs> <laughs> to really, you know, get the what I, the, you know, the response I need. But uh, no, uh, welcome to episode fifteen. My name is Al Gibara. With me, I'm your brother Joe. So thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget, you can always find us thesmallhours.podbean.com and email us smallhoursemail at gmail.com. By the way, if you haven't gone by yet, and I know you're on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg told me. Yeah. And if you share his his post, no. Um, (laughs) Go by our our small hours podcast page. It's facebook.com slash the small hours podcast. Give us a like.
1: Yeah, please give us a like. And then, or better yet, send a link to somebody you don't like. Maybe they could.
0: Maybe they could give us... Absolutely. A I mean, if you really want to make somebody miserable, <laughs> send them the link to the Small Hours Podcast. Anyway, uh we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of things I, I forgot to get with you earlier, Joe. I uh implemented something new, and I don't know if I'm going to do it again, but I've been wanting to try this, and this is what it is. Uh, if you look at the third page uh, here, I uh created a topic or a section called Top of Mind, things oh, cool. that are top of mind this week uh in my world, and some things... Not necessarily in that order, but kind of in that order, uh-huh. and, um, and next week, hopefully, you can give me some of yours, or you can bring your own list, okay, cool. and then we can kind of do a little free, free form on those, okay? All right. All right, so we're going to kick it off with a little music from Box Office Mojo. Did you hear about this film, Krampus? No. Krampus is a universal uh, film. Uh, had a wonderful opening. It is a Christmas-themed horror comedy managing a second-place finish. Wow. I didn't think this movie was going to break the top ten. And as a matter of fact, the guy from Box Office Mojo was like, it's not going to make more than $6 million. It came in second place just behind The Hunger Games' Mockingjay Part 2. took first place for a third weekend in a row. Creed held strong as it finds itself in a neck-and-neck battle for third place, with Pixar as a good dinosaur, which is actually struggling to find a foothold, becoming only the second Pixar film to drop more than 60% in its second weekend. Wow. Now, Mockingjay Part 2 took number one with an estimated $18.6 million. You're thinking, well, it's not that much, right? But it is the third weekend, uh, along with another $32.4 million do- dollars internationally. Uh, Alrighty, by the way, it stands uh, internationally at $296.8 million, topping the first Hunger Games as its global CUM climbs over five hundred and twenty-three million dollars. Wow. You know there's some studio executives going, is there any way we can get just one more film <laughs> out of this um out of this franchise, we'll see. Uh, like I said, Krampus came in number two, storming the box office to the tune of sixteen <laughs> million dollars. Now, here's the thing: it cost, uh, it had a budget of fifty million, so it already surpassed its budget wow. for uh, low budget movies. That is it, right there. Yeah, we made it. We, we broke even and made a little. Because after that, you're going to be making more. Anything yeah. that uh, after that is gravy. Yeah, you know. So again, we need to make a movie. We've only been saying this for 16 years. (laughs) Anyway, uh, after director and co-writer Michael Dougherty saw his last film, Trick or Treat, Mm -hmm. sent straight to video despite support from a variety of online outlets, it would seem he's proven he has what audiences are craving when it comes to holiday-themed horror features. I'm looking forward to his Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Mm -hmm. Arbor Day... You know, Cinco de Mayhem. Come on now. <laughs> there you go. That's ours. You already have a title. Small Hours go. Podcast, Cinco de Mayhem. You heard it here first. It's ours. Please don't take it.
1: Or buy the title.
0: For yeah, us. no, we can rent it <laughs> release it or something like that. It's going to be interesting to see how Krampus plays over the coming weeks, but with a uh, the budget, again, being only uh, fifty million million, it's already well on its way to becoming a success. Another win for the weekend is the Warner Brothers and MGM co-production Creed. Dropped just a bit more than uh, 38% with an estimated $15.5 million currently sitting in third place, edging out The Good Dinosaur. Now, the film already nearly doubled its $35 million budget as it has now crossed $65 million, in its first 12 days. And the word is, the director, Ryan Coogler, is now in talks to direct Marvel's Black Panther. So we'll see uh, what happens with that. He had originally shied away from it, but now it looks like he's getting a change of heart. Maybe with the success from Creed, yeah, his name's going to start getting known a little bit. Generate a little bit of buzz. A little heat. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that'll happen. We'll see what happens. Uh, in fourth, The Good Dinosaur dropped 64.4% for an estimated $15.5 if estimates hold, it'll be the largest second weekend drop for a Pixar film ever, on the wrong side of the 60.3% drop Cars 2 had back in 2011, Much the much maligned Cars 2. <laughs> Difference is, after two weekends, Cars 2 had already racked up $117.2 million. Good Dinosaur, however, sits at about 75.9, so already it's tracking way behind even Cars 2. And that's including two extra days thanks to the Wednesday release. Rounding out the top five is Spectre, now above $184 million domestically and, believe it or not, $792 million internationally, adding another $23 million overseas. Uh, overall, when it comes to post-Thanksgiving weekends, wasn't too bad. With the top 12 grossing just shy of $90 million, it's almost 23% better than last year. Next weekend, we see the release of In the Heart of the Sea opened internationally and made uh, $17.1 million in four days. What do you think of that one? Have you seen the commercial for that one? I've well, seen it. It looks like Moby the Dick, uh, yeah Moby Dick. Or yeah. Moby Dick was based on that story or something uh, yeah, like Yeah, something
1: like that. It looks very well done as far as the the immensity of the whale yeah. Yeah, coming up on those it's like Godzilla. ships yeah it it looks well done i i hope that it lives up to the trailers mm-hmm. um although they don't show very much mm-hmm. just a couple of shots of long shots of the whale a couple of tail. shots on the yeah a couple of shots on the ships boom that's it
0: and Chris Hemsworth, um, outside of Thor, not really getting a lot of big, big, you know, uh, movies. You know what I mean? Like, Cabin in the Woods was great. He yeah. was in that one. But other than that, there hasn't been a really breakout film for him outside of Thor. Right. So he's doing all right anyway with Thor. Oh, but, yeah. But, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not a, in the soup line.
1: No, no. Hardly.
0: If he is, then we're <laughs> going to cast him for Cinco of the Mayhem.
1: Guaranteed.
0: <laughs> Cinco the Mayhem. I can hear him already. Uh, additionally, Paramount will begin the platform release of The Big Short before expanding nationwide on Christmas Day. This is the one that seems really interesting. Have you already heard about The Big Short? That's when that housing bubble, when some people saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's when it was like, God, I hate that this happened, but it's probably going to be an entertaining film. Yeah. It's got a great yep. cast. Yeah. So that's going to be a good one. Uh, Rounding out the top ten, The Night Before stayed at number six. The Peanuts movie dropped down to number seven. Spotlight and Brooklyn bring in eight and nine. And The Secret in Their Eyes, that's the uh, Julie Roberts movie. Uh, That one uh, came in at number ten. So that's your uh, top 10 right there for the uh, box office this past weekend. From CinemaBlend.com, while the next outing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has Captain America's name on it, the movie Civil War, has pretty much every hero we've seen in the MCU in it, along with a couple that we haven't. There are a couple of exceptions to this, though. One of the missing characters is the Hulk. According to the screenwriters, now this is interesting, a large part of the reason for this is that the Hulk really can't be in the film. It just wouldn't work. because once the Hulk picks a side, it's pretty much over. No, oh, okay. he's yeah. that one. Was it the uh, what do you call the big marble? El uh, canicón. El canicón. He's el canicón <laughs> in the game of marbles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or he's that one guy that could do the canco with the tops or something. Is that, is that the right term? I don't remember. Yes. Anyway, in the MCU, the Hulk has been every bit the overpowering force uh, as his comic book counterpart. He tears through pretty much anything and everything that's ever been thrown at him. As a matter of fact, if that included half the Avengers, is there really anything they could do? Speaking with Entertainment Weekly, the screenwriters, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, McFeely, see the uh, Hulk as the game over moment. Marcus is of the opinion that if the Hulk were to pick a side, everyone else might as well just go home. Says you put those guys in a fight, it's over quickly. It's like, well... We have the Hulk on our side. (laughs) Now, Marcus says the uh, roster was chosen because of the type of fight they wanted to create in the film. Apparently, they were not looking to have a one-sided bloodbath. Actually, you could see this working out as an interesting subplot if Mark Ruffalo was going to be in the movie. Sides are being chosen, and both Captain America and Iron Man are both making propositions to Bruce Banner, trying to get him to join up for their cause, you know? <laughs> each one, each side knowing that once the Hulk is on their side, they pretty much got it locked up. Yeah. It was summed up on the first Avengers movie in one of the more quotable scenes in the franchise. Loki may have had an uh, army, but the Avengers had a Hulk. Banner's alter ego was at least equal to, if not better than, an entire army. <laughs> as powerful as each of the heroes on the other side would be, there just aren't that many of them. And some of them really don't have superpowers, like um, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye, you know? Yeah. It's like she has her little staser... Uh, Taser shots or whatever. Hawkeye has arrows. It's a Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. What I mean come on now. And he grabbed Logan, slapped him around like he was drying a towel. Puny god. <laughs> uh still we feel obligated to point out that the Hulk was defeated by the Hulk Buster Armor in Avengers Age of Ultron. Spoilers, so it's not <laughs> like he's entirely invincible. At the same time, Hulk's mind was being controlled, so we can also argue that he wasn't his true self. Would the Hulk have ended the Civil War before it started if he was in the movie? Uh what do you think? Uh do they make a right decision not putting the Hulk in Civil War or is it a cop out?
1: No, I think I think they made the right decision. It'll, I think it'll make for a better movie. Like you said, the other side would be, okay, let's let's uh, try and convince him to be on our side. Mm-hmm. And that would be a, a major part of the movie. And then when you had the showdown, then
0: whoever had him would win. The other thing is, and what if they went with the um, the uh, movie device of, he's on one side first, then the other side the other. The other half of the movie. I mean, that would be a <laughs> totally different movie. You know, it's like, wait, hey, you you're on heart. our side. <laughs> Please continue beating on them, not us. But uh, I don't know. It, it is kind of a cop out, but I understand what they're trying to do. You know, they they want to. They have a specific fight scenes or specific scenes rather, right? Uh, and matchups. I'm sure. Sure. Which already look exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm. Sh- I have. Uh, I have a feeling for some reason that Black Panther is going to switch over to Captain America's side. I don't know why. I, I've never read Civil War. Right. So I'm coming into this one completely uh, new, like you. Uh-huh. So we're going in as freshly newborn babes in this movie with nary a thought in our mind and a poop in our diaper. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch this story some television movie uh, news here from undeadwalking.com? Turns out that Norman Reedus, a.k.a. Daryl, has to watch out for biters even when he's not on the set of ABC's <laughs> hit zombie drama The Walking Dead. According to several reports, a female fan was standing in front of uh, Spoiler Dead member Michael Bowman in the line for photo opportunities. Not only with Norman Reedus, but also with uh, M- Michael Rooker, who played his brother uh, uh, Merle, at the Walker Stalker Con in New York, New Jersey. It was her turn to get her picture taken. She approached the two actors told Norman Reedus the story about how she likes to pretend that she's married to him. <laughs> After a moment, security ran in and restrained the woman, explaining that she was to be removed for biting uh-huh. the Walking Dead star and saying, um, Ma'am, you just bit Norman Reedus. Michael Rooker was surprised by the interaction, interaction as well. In fact, the actor who played Merle Dixon reportedly explained, What the f*** was that? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very much not only in character. Yeah. Uh, he was also the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. with the... Uh, the little flying arrow or whatever. I don't remember his name. Anyway, so yeah, uh, first off, well, let me finish the story and then I'll add my thought. (laughs) Norma Reedus typically is very fan-friendly at conventions, allowing fans to get extra close, even sometimes making silly poses, even licking the fans he likes. That (laughs) may be another issue. Uh, This is a real step backwards for fan interaction at conventions as many celebrities avoid events like this for the very reason that poor interactions can happen. There's a photo of an Instagram post where the woman shows remorse for her actions, but biting celebrities is never a good way to make them notice you. She has since been banned from Walker Stalker Con and lost the two remaining photo tickets she had in the process. And I say good. Yeah, what a maroon. You know, I mean, you have these uh, people. I don't know if people don't understand that there's a lot of people you will never get an opportunity to approach, speak to Jonah Hill. Sorry, you're too big for us now. Uh, You know, (laughs) or uh, interact in any way. So these guys that go out of their way... To do that with fans, and you have this moron do something like this, if she ruins it for the rest of us, there's going to be a lot of really, really ticked-off people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, mock, biting, you know, pose like you're <laughs> going
1: to. yeah, no, Gum like, him. Pre- pretend that you're going to whatever... He'll go with it. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He seems like, like you said, very going out of his way to do the the funny poses and so forth. He seems to be going out of his way to be Mm fan-friendly. Now you get some maroon out there doing this kind of Mm. stuff. And just to think about, you know, communicable diseases and so forth and so on. Although he does lick people. Yeah. (laughs) Well.
0: Mm. But, uh, liquor i already know her. <laughs> right yeah liquor in the front nah. <laughs> liquor in the rear so anyway hopefully that's not going to be putting a damper on uh, any daryl sightings at uh, walker cons or conventions or giving the opportunity well like, at least he's banned yeah at least and please by the way for those of you listening in laredo uh when we have the south texas uh collectors expo and and, and the the cons we have here we have that opportunity because it's such a small market And um, they are well attended, but it's nothing like a Walker Con, like New York, New Jersey, California, nothing like that. You have the opportunity to literally sit there and chat or stand there and chat, take pictures with these folks. Like when we got to interview Felix Silla, we got to interview uh, Gil Gerard or Nereas Jr. I mean, we just, they were just there chatting, you know what I mean? So don't ruin it. Please. For the rest of us, if they have to start cordoning off people to where oh you have security holding your hands when they take your picture or you uh, who was it that, that would take pictures? I like got Taylor Swift or who was it? That, no, ah, I don't remember who it was, but like literally you couldn't even like you you had to be like six inches away from the leaves, from the person, leaves leaves face, face no touching, no nothing. Yes. Yeah, no, and even even more, <laughs> you know, and Holy Ghost and a little plus one, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> like uh, from what I understand, Rihanna, whom You know, I'm not not a big fan. Mm -hmm. I like summer songs and whatnot, but she was super like friendly. From what I understand, uh, when the guys from the radio station I used to work with, when they got to meet her, they said super friendly, hugging and, you know, like that. Like Lizzie Hale, when we yeah. met the the band Hailstorm. Uh, super friendly, really cool, hugging and, you know, cheek to cheek, really, you know, so people like this that ruin those interactions that fans can have really pissed me off.
1: What is the coolest thing is that they initiate it. You know, you go in yes. there, you go in there kind of timid kind, and of, kind star-struck, of respectful. Yeah, little,
0: you know, at least we do. Yeah. You know, we try and gauge them first.
1: Right, and then they come up and, hey, how you doing? Hug, picture, they'll, you know, they'll do a pose. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. when somebody ruins that by being overzealous or just stupid.
0: Yeah, I think there's a term here. Don't be, hang on. Don't be an asshole. Okay. (laughs) There you go. And simple, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I had to look that one up. All right, so <laughs> it's time for our top of mind segment. Let's see. Now, some of these I know you're not going to be have any uh, say on, but uh, it's okay. I'm gonna you can bounce off whatever I, I say. Okay. Yeah. Let's go from six to one. Okay. Uh, number six. Did you see the Game of Thrones teaser? I saw just the, the image. The, the image. yeah. What the heck, man? Jon Snow. I know. <laughs> All right. He he got stabbed. Oh, that little ollie. Oh, oh that little bastard. John Snow got stabbed, so he is he or is he not dead slash alive? Like you know what I mean? Uh, because at the end, even after the finale, people we are like, No way. This is like Glenn. Like we're right. trying to figure out <laughs> there was no dumpster in sight, but there had to have been something. The witch know, was coming back. Something. You yeah. know? So we don't know what, what's going on. Is he alive? I honestly do think he is. I do think I think so too. Which would be awesome. You know, I think that'd be cool, uh, especially since we've got Rean so many times and so many other characters. (laughs) Red Wedding. (laughs) What? You know, I mean, so many uh, things like that. So we'll see what happens. I also think the Hound is alive. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he just kind of faded. There wasn't a a, Yeah, she just left him there. Yeah, it wasn't definite. He's
0: dead. Right. So I think he's alive. Yeah. Um, uh, I won't even speculate on any others, but you know, the white Walker kings are kings coming and so many things that, that have to be dealt with. And especially since he had that stare down with Jon Snow, mm-hmm. the, the king of the white walkers. Right. So we'll see what that one. Okay. So that's, that's, uh, my number six, number five, these are top things that are top of mind this week. Neil Pert saying he's retiring. Getty Lee saying he's not retiring. <laughs> so what is it? I own him. No, I'm I know, <laughs> right. you, you cannot retire. It's probably more like you cannot retire. Because yeah, Lee has a really, high, big really big voice. high voice and a lot more money in so Tony, anyway, what, what do you think? You I don't know, man. I heard he's, he's retiring. There. I heard he's retiring from touring. Maybe, maybe because they're, they're
1: they're old, dude. They're mm-hmm. how old are they? About late sixties.
0: Well, gotta be because Ozzy's turning sixty seven in December, and I have yeah. a story on that coming up. Yeah, season. they've got to so up there as well.
1: They got to be up there, and, and touring has to be draining, man. Even if you just do a couple of tours a year, I mean, a couple of events a year yeah. it's got to be after touring so many
0: years and the work he puts into. thank you every i, I was waiting for you to say that because it's not like He's a not guy Charli- playing for a for a cumbia band. Charli- no this guy's yesterday. all over the place Charlie, Charlie Watt. Watt? Yeah, he's not Charlie Watt <laughs> with the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's uh he's all over the place. Yeah. He is a phenomenal drummer. And like I said, when I heard he was gonna retire, if he does retire, I absolutely respect his opinion and I and I thank him for the art that he has created and given us in his entire life.
1: The years, the years that he put out there, we went and saw him there at the yeah. Alamo Dome. Wow. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Didn't miss a beat. It's incredible. Uh, it just, you, you hear it on the, on the album. You might hear something different because he adds might ad-lib. Yeah, yeah. He, but he adds to it. He doesn't take away. It was phenomenal, man. It was just great to see one of those bands that I'm glad I checked off yes. the,
0: the bucket list. And he's not, a, he's not a uh, mom Momstein who's like, well, I don't want to play the songs on the album. I'll just play whatever. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. play the solo. I don't want to play oh, the we solo. We got feedback. We're leaving. Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> at San Antonio. He's so bad. <laughs> By the way, a little uh, backstory on that one. We uh, wanted to go to the Kiss Fall Fest to go see Event Sevenfold. Yes. Yeah. Because that was when they just came out with Beast and the Harlot. And uh, half the, more, more than half of the people were there wearing Event Sevenfold. Oh, yeah, shirts. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they come out, start with Beast and the Harlot. Everybody goes nuts a minute, minute and a half feedback. A third issue the song, yeah. He, you know, a singer slams down his microphone, walks off. Everybody was like, what the hell? So then they drop their microphones and leave, and they don't come back. We had waited for like six months for these clowns to come out, and they did that Oh, so pissed, but then we got to see Stone Sour. Yeah, which really yeah. made up for it, but we and never, I never got to see uh, uh, The Rev play again. I know. That sucks. That sucks. That really sucks because we only got literally only got to see him play about um, a minute and a half of the song live. Yeah. It was like me watching Selena at the Jalapeno Festival. <laughs> She came out, a uh, 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 good friend, Bird, uh, introduced her, because I, I didn't. I knew she was, never seen her, had no interest. Selena comes out, blah, 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 blah. I see her a little bit, I'm like, mm, okay, I saw Selena. And that's it. And that was the only time I got to see Selena live. Wow, wow. That was it. That was my entire experience. I was there for her concert, I only saw her for about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. Zero interest. So. Yeah, I, I, I saw her through the fence at one of those jalapeno things,
1: mm-hmm. There, she, it was on a flatbed yeah. uh, back then. And uh, I had a friend at the Roxy that was a bartender, and he would always tell me, "Come and see her; she's awesome. If anything, she's smoking hot. Come right. and watch her." And I, yeah, it's not my thing, mm-hmm. so sure. I never went. And We're she's, she's really, yeah, she's really fan friendly. She'll talk to everybody and take pictures. And like, yeah, well, not my thing, right? So you know, hindsight is, is twenty twenty. Oh yeah,
0: you know what I mean. I mean, we could have met something that I got to meet Trisha Yearwood. That doesn't count. No, same. <laughs> All right, moving on up. Number four, top of mind, Marvel Comics Universe on Netflix. Daredevil Season 2 is going to be coming out along with Luke Cage, who's currently on Jessica Jones Season 1 in 2016. And they just recently announced that Iron Fist will be getting a, uh, or has a showrunner. Somebody who used to be involved in uh, Dexter, I believe and uh, also Jessica Jones season two. I haven't, I haven't finished season one. I started, I'm on actually just the second show. Okay. Uh, I, I saw the
1: first one. Good, like, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one I started, I was watching it at a lunch at work today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> at at lunch, lunch with my boss. Lunch? Yeah, he with my boss he was there. And uh, so I, I think I turned him on to the show as well. So yeah, it looks it looks good. I'm,
0: I'm looking forward to watching all of it. And it's grittier than, than you see get to see in the movies. That's what I like about the Netflix aspect of, the shows it's a it's not your pg movie right you know it's it's more of a either a hard pg or a light r right you know so i i like that so i have high hopes for luke cage and uh iron fist which is the last one i think wait there's one two three yeah four there's only gonna be four so they're gonna team up as um the defenders i think really? so that's where this is heading so i'm looking forward to that and uh, we'll see what happens with daredevil season two shane coming in from The walking dead as the punisher on Daredevil season two, so that's something to look forward to. I, I have to I have to watch the uh, season one. <laughs> you haven't seen Daredevil haven't season seen... one. <laughs> Dude, it is very good. And uh, all I will say to you and it's late it's it's far in the uh uh in the series, uh, Hallway. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Hallway, that's it. Daredevil hallway remember me. Uh remember that. Okay? I remember. <laughs> Number three, uh, the Batman versus Superman trailer. We
1: saw that. Yeah. We <laughs> lightly touched on it. I haven't seen it again. Really? I only saw it that one time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just. What With were your likes the, and dislikes? What would you like?
0: What did you like? What did you not like?
1: I like the characters playing. Batman, I it, the it, it, yeah, the actors playing Batman and and uh, Superman. I, I'm not very. I didn't. It didn't hit me like, wow, that's that guy. Yeah, I, I just saw it. Looked didn't like, make that much of an impact, right to me. <clears throat> uh, it the Batman though hardened me back to the the um, Michael Keaton Michael Batman, Keaton. that type of Batman. And, and then it dawned on me like, oh, it's Ben Affleck. Oh, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. I, after all the crap he got yeah. <laughs> from from people before even seeing any Bat of it. Flick. Yeah. And and the dislike was just uh, Jesse Eisenberg coming in there and like a caricature.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he just, it just, and, and he was, that's what it was. He was grading. Yeah. You know, and I, is it a, um, an acting choice that, I don't know, it's like, well, uh, Johnny Depp, you know, played uh, Captain Jack Sparrow gay and it worked. So I'm going to do this one. Very flamboyant. Very, uh, oh, uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, uh, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. and you and have a previous pre- prejudice. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg.
1: Right. And I was going to say, the difference between you and me is that I don't really mind the guy in other mm-hmm. movies. I don't dislike him. Mm-hmm. But that one just, it was grating, like you said. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's a perfect word for it. He just, ugh, slap him. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I think uh, director, Zack Snyder, who's big on visuals, obviously. Get ready for the slow-mo. and um, Beck and Paul. Yeah, <laughs> no, and uh, I think he j- he'll just let him go. I have a feeling he's one of those guys that just let him go and, and do their thing. And I don't know. I- I'll watch it anyway because it is Batman v Superman. But um, I think they gave away too much in this trailer. Did we have to see Doomsday? No. Uh, I was like, already. I mean, yeah. it doesn't come out for how much longer, you know? And, and already you're seeing Doomsday. Already we saw Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah. You know, it looks great. But Yeah. I guess that was the only way they could have introduced her because it was pretty a pretty impressive, you know, uh, laser eye, heat bla- heat vision blast from Doomsday and Batman things. I'm screwed. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> That's it. You know? <laughs> and it, it's blocked by, by Wonder Woman. What I didn't like was the whole, is she with you? I thought she was with you. Really? That's a line? We're, we're Yeah. <laughs> That's a script, <laughs>
1: and we're and we're gonna go with that tone again. You know the yeah. the whole. I didn't. I didn't. That that really bothered me from the last Batman. The voice. Yeah, that that inflection that he always used. He, was well, like, he also had a lisp. Yeah, when he was well, Batman. He was like,
0: <laughs> I don't have to save you. Seriously, <laughs> know, I'm not gonna kill you. I don't have to save you. <laughs> we're going gonna we're getting for dinner. Say, <laughs> serve me some seconds. Fuck a patch. So yeah, I that was the only thing about, about Christian Bale's Batman, the, the Lisp. I don't know if he has a lisp or he was affecting it for the role. If he does, I apologize. I apologize for Christian Bale. <laughs> I wasn't making I've never light of it. it. Yeah, I've never noticed it. I'm 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 uh, treating the lisp as if it was an affectation that he adopted for the character. Yeah. There was a- no point. No. <laughs> you know, so anyway, so that, those are our thoughts on the Batman v Superman trailer. Star Wars of Force Awakens, December 18th. As of today, we're nine days away. When wow. this airs, it's uh, seven days away. Next week, episode 16 of the Smaller's podcast, when that comes out, Star Wars of Force Awakens will officially be unleashed into our world. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. I, mean,
0: I have no tickets. Me either. And um, our nephew bought like 40 of them
1: or something yeah. like that. If you're somebody that bought out of the theater, just because you didn't want anybody that's there. That is. That really
0: is dumb yeah um by the way, if you're listening to Smaller's spoilers podcasts and if you're any sort of uh movie fan or or, or geek or, or any sort- any sort of type of person that likes entertainment you know pop culture like like you and i it, it, me more than you right but right. uh any any level, please don't put any spoilers, please please, yes. because some of us aren't gonna be able to watch it when the first weekend or month uh that it comes out because they're too cheap or whatever. Uh, you know, we're too don't, busy. Don't right, right, busy. So, <laughs> so don't ruin it for us, please.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and please don't go saying I'm watching Batman at home because I got it outside of a, a retail store. Yeah, from some, from some numbskull, you know, bridge. <laughs> yeah, please come on, go out there and watch it. At least wait till it's on the at the dollar theater, right? If like you're if you're that, you know. Frugal uh, right. or fiscally responsible. Right. Uh, those, I like
0: those terms. <laughs> uh, you know, don't go out and, and buy the, the knockoffs. Oh. All right. So uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, looking forward to it. I, I really can't say much more than what has been said about it. We're excited about it. I, I didn't see the last trailer that came out that, that focused a little more on the uh, dark side of the Force, th- those guys. And... Um, uh, or any of the newer trailers, I just you know I'm just gonna wait. They come on, and just ignoring them until I see until I see the movie.
1: Yeah, those little those little bites that are to meant to more. interest you and interest you start giving a little more away. Yeah. Uh, I do want to go back and watch the originals. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them in so long, mm-hmm. and um, and probably when I saw them, like I told you, I'm a casual fan. I'm not one of those people that that's a fanatic about it. So and especially back then, right when we didn't have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I paid even less attention, I'm Correct. sure. So yeah. I, I'd like to go back and watch them before uh, watching the movie. So the the latest one.
0: As a matter of fact, on the Small Hours podcast page on Facebook, there was an article I think I shared on there about how the prequels don't matter. Right. The episodes one, two, and three. So you can check that out again. Facebook.com slash the small hours podcast. The number one thing top of mind for me this week, man. Uh, part of it was the week before, and uh, the second part was just this last Saturday, the two part finale of Doctor Who season nine, Peter Capaldi and, and Jenna Coleman. And wow, dude, I know you're not a Doctor Who fan, um, but this doctor, uh, has grown on me. He's such a different doctor than because uh, when I came in, you know, I started with a new series, right, the last four guys. Uh, Christopher Eccleston, who played the Dark Elf in Thor of the Dark World. Uh, Malekith. Uh, he was a, the Doctor, Doctor Number 9 or whatever. And then, uh, he only played for one season. David Tennant comes on, does a great job for X amount of seasons as the 10th Doctor and totally different because he's very lively and very et cetera. Matt Smith comes on. He's even younger than than David Tennant and a little more, you know, eccentric and a little more, so he brought a lot of younger fans in there. He was the 11th Doctor. Peter Capaldi is like 60 or something. I mean, he's totally, totally different, even older than Eccleston, and a lot more angry, a lot more, you know, he's got these eyebrows that are all over the place, and he's that kind of guy, a lot more musically inclined. He plays the guitar and stuff. And anyway, so it's been building up. The last two seasons, I've enjoyed This one uh, was really, really good, and especially the last two episodes, for me, I I was, I can honestly say the second to last episode, which was Heaven Sent, where uh, the Doctor finds himself in a castle with nobody else around, but somebody kind of stalking him. He doesn't know what it is, like death or something, so he kind of figures out that it's kind of his own personal hell, and when the plot point, the main plot point, the twist, comes out, you're like, oh, crap. And then from there on, for the next 13 minutes, the expand on what that is just blew me away. The direction was fantastic. The acting was great. The music was great. The story was great. Uh, it was just one of those, for me, the number one episode for uh, this Doctor that uh, that I can name right off the bat. This is it. That's the the episode for me. That just blew me away. I already saw it twice. Wow. And the, the finale, Hellbent, was really, really good on because of another um, another level, right? What happened with his um, companion. What happened with his companion at the end of this uh, particular episode slash season. And it was just so well done and so different than any of the other doctors that, that had occurred with any of the other doctors. It worked really well. So it was really, really good. Heaven Sent. Season 9, episode, I think 11 or something like that. Oddly, oddly enough, 9-11. Fantastic episode. Heaven Sent. My number one. Uh, episode for Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Let
1: me ask you, of all the Doctor who's who always to get a, a, a involved in watching mm-hmm. it,
0: do you have to follow from, say, Doctor Who, the first one? No. I, I recommend, just like I started, start with number nine. And don't skip nine. Here's the thing. Because since he was only one season, some people say, oh, I'll just start with David Tennant, because he did X amount of seasons don't skip nine it's such a different doctor and uh for me it was a great introduction to who the character is what the character is what the universe is and who the villains are that he keeps you know butting up against etc that you keep seeing with with the further doctors obviously in different stories right Mm -hmm. um but it's a good introduction because Eccleston is a great doctor I mean he's a great actor so he played a great doctor and it was different because you, I think the first time I see him, he's wearing a leather jacket, short haired, kind of like me right now, and, and you know, thinner. And uh, yeah, so, thinner hair, <laughs> thinner hair. No, no, <laughs> it's overall. And uh, so, and uh, he's he's just a really did a really good job. So I just just started with with uh, Eccleston because this goes back a long oh, yeah. ways. Yeah, they right. been doing a long time. Uh, I don't even know how many years—fifty years, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So they've they've had that many doctors play the doctor, actors play the doctor for X amount of seasons. Then there's been pauses where. For X amount of years, they didn't do the series, and they bring it back up again, like in the 80s or whatever. This one has been running now for a good, good amount of time, but overall, I don't think there's been a uh, single disappointing season. Maybe a couple episodes are a little weak. Others are stronger, but it's just a really good series. If you like sci-fi, or at least you can tolerate it, because I know you're not heavily into sci-fi. Um, it's interesting, and it's got great writing. And it's been more consistent, more... Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because
1: I, I know that's some. I thought I had heard that it went back to the, like, 60s or oh, yeah, something like that. It's way back. Okay. that the, and, and that's one of the ones that I want to watch. I didn't know where to start when I, when I looked it up. I'm like, okay, where do I go? You know, mm-hmm. where do I start? So more modern interpretation, a good basis to start yeah. n- with nine, and that gives you the
0: explanation, like, here, come back into the fold. Right. Okay. And it, you, you find out who the doctor is right then there. You don't need the entire history of the previous... X amount of doctors, seven or eight doctors before. Uh you'll you'll know who the doctor is in. And it's cool because now it's in it's set in modern time. Right. You know, and there's some really good episodes too. I have I have my favorites, I think, for for each particular each doctor. doctor. I mean something that you'll think about like Blink, Dalek, those are two great episodes and a couple others I, I can't even think of because there's so many. Even with just these last four uh, actors. It's like
1: the double sevens when another guy plays them and it's a whole different franchise it's the same franchise
0: mm-hmm. but a whole different set of Still 007. Part. Yeah, still 007. And it's funny because I think there's a theory where double uh, seven is a doc, is a time lord. Oh wow! Because he, he <laughs> it's not another guy and he just regenerated into a <laughs> okay. <his> new one, <laughs> but, kind of like Frankenstein in <laughs> yeah. Death Race two thousand. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on to so that was our top of mind segment. First, uh, first one. We'll see if we can do it again next uh, awesome. next week. It took about twenty minutes. <laughs> maybe we'll keep it to the top five well uh well you know we go on tangents anyway. which is what i think this show should make it up be. for last week yeah, exactly some music news sad news this time around this one from cnn when it just happened scott wyland whose extraordinary career as a lead singer of stone temple pilots and velvet revolver was overshadowed uh shadowed by his unending battle with drug addiction passed away at 48 his manager confirmed his death but didn't disclose the cause he was on tour with his band the wildabouts cocaine was found in his tour bus bedroom near his body Another band member, Tommy Black, was arrested on suspicion of fifth-degree possession of a controlled sub- substance. They didn't say that it was connected to his possession case, the death, so uh-huh. it doesn't look like it. It says there was nothing that appeared suspicious at the scene and no evidence of foul play. In addition to a small quantity of cocaine discovered... Police collected other evidence, but their news release didn't describe those items. Scott Weiland, best known as the lead singer for, again, Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver, passed away in his sleep while on a tour stop in Bloomington, Minnesota with his band The Wild Bouts. That was the statement from his Facebook page. At this time, we asked that the privacy of Scott's family be respected. So, again, losing somebody, not, you know, not a 33 or whatever, like a lot of uh, um, musicians we've lost, uh, especially rock musicians that we've lost, but still way, way too young, you know, 48 years old.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one thing I comment with my son. He's a he's a musician now. He's dedicated more to work, but uh, when he started going into music, I, I used to always warn him of of drug use in the yeah. in the music industry Some and, and and just you know club bands because mm-hmm. everybody wants to be your friend. Everybody wants to give you drugs, get you free. Yeah, until you're hooked, and then they you know. Um, but they worked so hard all their lives. Right. To reach the pinnacle of success, and seems like when they reach it, it's empty. Um, it's it's very tragic. I, was, I went back. I was listening to um, you know one of my favorite bands is Boston, mm-hmm. and I was listening to the lyrics, and I go, wow, this. All these songs that really made us, you know, love the band, they're all cries for help. You know, Mm -hmm. now I'm looking at them a different way because just recently, you know, I again, I'm a very casual fan of Mm -hmm. everybody. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not into them so much, but I love the music, but I'm not, I don't delve into their personal lives. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, started reading about him. I found out how he committed suicide and all this. uh, Brad Delp. Brad Delp. Mm -hmm. And then I'm listening to the song lyrics. I'm like, wow, man, this guy was tortured. Yeah. And uh, it seems like a lot of these guys are. You go back and listen to their lyrics. And because they are so tortured, they write such beautiful music. And uh, and people can identify because we're all at that point, at some point in our life. Uh, thankfully, we don't wallow in it or get consumed by it. Right. And they have an outlet for a long time. But then they start self-medicating and people, uh, well-meaning
0: people, start uh, helping them out uh, and to their peril. But what is their distraction, though? Because, like, let's say you and I, right? There's times, like you said, there's uh, different people hit at different times in their lives. Let's say I get a little depressed or whatever. Yeah, but I still have to go to work. I still have my family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These guys don't have that, you know, uh, uh, structure. You know, right. it's like, eh, we're going to go tour next month for three weeks. It's They literally are not doing anything pretty much all day till they go on stage, right. unless they do some rehearsals or whatever. So it's not a very structured uh, structured thing. So you do have a lot of free time. For not only um, wallowing, uh, if need be, and then turning to something to self-medicate with, it's there. Not only right. do you have the time, but you have the availability of pretty much anything you want.
1: Right, right. I mean, a lot of them, for a long time, they turned to writing and, and putting right. putting their feelings into
0: their craft. couldn't do anything.
1: Right. And and then, like you said, when they have that amount of time and opportunity, uh, like I said, to their detriment.
0: Yeah. And this was on, um, I think it was or something like that, then just yesterday we remembered the deaths of John Lennon and Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Uh, Two senseless uh, losses uh, at the hands of others. Right. Which is even worse. You know what I mean? Uh, especially guys that were... Uh, obviously no no death is a good death, right? Right. But these guys are just doing their art. That's all they were doing. Uh, one was on stage. One was uh, greeting a fan. You yeah, know, walking bugs. Yeah, you know, so uh it's it's very tragic that we lose these people and and I know there's people that while we spend time and I don't want to say glorifying uh the these guys we we just miss them at, for the art they created. I know there's people that are more worthy of being talked about at length and 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 having their stories put out in the media because they gave their life for their fellow man or they sacrifice their entire life taking care of somebody else. You know what I mean? There's so many countless stories. It's just that these were the ones that were in the public eye. You know? Right. And that's why we we talk about them, and they we maybe we made a connection with them because their words and their pain echoed our pain.
1: Right. And and like John Lennon who had gone through so many phases. Yeah. You know with with the struggling uh in in england and then hitting it big with the beatles and then breaking up with the beatles and then you know doing his yoko ono thing like literally taking time off and
0: baking bread
1: (laughs) just being a dad being a husband yeah and he was flawed like everybody else he had his own opinions and ideas and and they differed from a lot of people and and as as well we all should have our own opinions But to have somebody who's disturbed, and then recently they were talking on the news how he had his, his calendar, his desk calendar, the guy that shot him with notes about, you know, he wanted to shoot somebody famous, anybody famous. And he wow. had, you know, George C. Scott, and he had uh, three or four or five different people that he said, okay, I'm going to kill this person, and then no opportunity. Kill this person, no opportunity. Wow. John Lennon comes out, signs an autograph, leaves, comes back, same guy, and then he kills him. So that, that was uh, tragic in that sense because this guy had already reached a level in his life where he was kind of at peace, yeah. kind of, you know, able to go out and walk around
0: in New York and just kind of chill. Create music about his about his family and yeah. create music about, you know, uh, watching the wheels. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. I mean, there's so many, Even even when he was out of the spotlight, he created, he was one of those guys that had the ability to reach out and grab the muse and let his... His soul and, and what he, his feelings out on paper, putting it out to where it touched a universal, universal chord on so many people uh, at such a base level where it was a connection. You know, it wasn't just a, hey, I heard that song about uh, something about a whip and a nay-nay. Uh, no, this was actually something that people connected with to where I think they felt physical pain when they heard about his death.
1: Right. Few people have caused that reaction in me. Uh, like I said, like I've told you before, I'm not, you know, uh, star struck mm-hmm. by a lot of a lot of things. And a lot of times when, when people happen, I go, "Pendejo," you right. know, he had everything and he, by his own hand, he died. Right. John Belushi, uh, those guys that that abused themselves to the point of death. Sadly, Scott Weiland, uh, you know, these yeah. guys the, we I think me, who yeah. knows, it might have been his body just given out after so much. But. Uh, you, some, some people you think, wow, man, they, they went through the storm, they weathered it, they came out and they're like, okay, they're good. And bam, somebody else comes along. And Sam Kinison.
0: Yeah. In <laughs> a car accident after he had straightened his life out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it's frustrating and, and, uh, all we can say, honestly, at this point in time and lucky for us that are there, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go, we. Oh, yeah. you know, um, May they rest in peace. Yeah. You know, so, and that's really, that's all, all, all we can say. Uh, one last uh, story from music, Black Sabbath off of blabbermouth.net, I believe, uh, blabbermouth. The Black Sabbath singer, uh, Ozzy Osbourne spoke to Australia's News.com.au about the band's decision to embark on one final tour next year before Black Sabbath calls it quits. And they're pretty much selling out everywhere. He said, it's the end of Sabbath and people have been asking, well, I thought you were doing an album, but the things we've discovered are, number one, people aren't really interested in hearing new stuff. (laughs) And number two, if we were to do an album before the tour, it would take three or four years to complete the album. We want to end it on a high note. I'd rather end it uh, now, uh, though, than drag it out for another five albums. I mean, I'm 67 in December. When we started out, I thought, this thing will be all right for a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> there were four different bands, got together, recorded an album, and became Black Sabbath, and the rest is history. Ozzy also confirmed in the same interview that he has no intentions of retiring anytime soon, and he revealed that he is uh, gonna do a solo album and a solo tour. He hasn't released an all new solo album since Scream back in 2010, having spent the last few years touring with Black Sabbath and recording that album's 13 album. Ozzy will rejoin Sabbath in early 2016 for what is being dubbed as a band's farewell tour, kicking off uh, January 20th in Omaha, Nebraska, of all places. A second uh, leg of North American dates commencing on August 17th in New York was unveiled in October. And uh, don't worry, Ozzy, if you did release uh, another Black Sabbath album, you'd hear it on liquid metal on Sirius XM. <laughs> oh, man, seriously. Listen. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do this. We haven't done this. It's 15 ah. episodes in. Sirius 6M, uh, Liquid Metal, is, is a lo- I have a love-hate relationship with it. Right. Because there's some really, really great music. But for whatever reason, Jose, the screaming Mexican uh, Mangan, he... Uh, I understand Ozzy, and he has Ozzy's Boneyard, and there's... As synergy. Synergy right. within the stations. But Black Sabbath on Liquid Metal? No. Play it as Breaking Bone on Ozzy's Boneyard. Right. If you need to, play it on Octane, but it doesn't fit on Octane either. either but it definitely does not fit on an, on, a, on a, um, a channel that's like, oh yeah, Liquid Metal's the hardest, heaviest, blah, blah. Here's some Black Sabbath. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> God's not dead! Um, or whatever. And it just it frustrates me when I hear stuff like that on on liquid metal. Then other times it turned on like holy crap, Carcass, yes, <laughs> or you know Venom or some really really heavy stuff beyond the pit. I mean, some beautiful, harsh, crazy metal of which we're going to be playing some in just a bit. <laughs> and and it's frustrating. And I once sent a, a message to them, and I, who was it that replied to me? One of the, one of the female jocks, and she was kind of condescending to me. Because he's like, well, you know, it's all just, you know, it's all about uh, what you think is good and what we think is good. Because uh, I'm a punk chick, and I'm like, well, why am I even talking to you then? I'm not going to tell you what is great in punk music because I'm not a, a punk guy, but I'm a metal guy. So how can you tell me what is great in metal? At that time, I was trying to push uh Empire of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they wouldn't play Empire of Evil on Liquid Metal, which is if they're playing Black Sabbath, how do you not play freaking Empire of Evil with uh, Venom's Mantis on guitar? There you go, great yeah, no. new music. You know what I mean? So anyway, it was very frustrating to me with Liquid Metal. That was, I guess, top of mind part two. <laughs> on uh, Small hours podcast. I'm
1: very close. I'm
0: very close to canceling
1: my my subscription to to what is uh, it that frustrates you about it? Uh, you know what? It cuts out at every almost every other. Uh, Lately, yes, the, every other uh, uh, corner because we have the the cameras or whatever. I think that uh, municipal Wi-Fi. Do you have municipal Wi-Fi? No no, no, no. The the wireless cameras sending the, the the I guess the image to text dot or whatever yeah.
0: interrupt the signal. And there's several places where I noticed that my signal is interrupted. By your house. As a matter of fact, it happened to me yesterday. And today, we're, I told my wife, it's like, I was driving up and it was cutting off. And there's like not even trees by there. And today, as we're turning in, it, it was cutting off again. I'm like, what? This is satellite radio. This is supposed to not happen. I understand overpasses. You know, you go under that, the underpass or whatever. The overpass and... here on top
1: of the overpass. How? But you have all those cameras there. Oh. And I think it's a, the RFI or whatever. Because mm. uh, it happens to me by the railroad station. It happens to me at stoplights mm-hmm. uh, where the different areas are by the house as well. On the base, uh, by
0: Jet Bowl, you know. If only we had, a, like, a really awesome rock station right here in our city <laughs> that we can listen yeah. to. You, you know, know? I, I think I'm, I'm
1: just going to stick to Pandora. And, um, and whatever.
0: I'm just teasing because there's, there's a rock station. on. I, I have an issue with the rock station. L- listen, star, uh, if you're listening, I dig you. You know, I dig you, you know, and, uh, for, for being the person who wants to have rock in, in Laredo, me as a guy who did radio for 23 years and who actually brought a rock station to Laredo on a 100,000 watt antenna for two years. Uh, I, I, I feel I have enough authority to be able to make this statement. Okay. The, the radio station that's, that's broadcasting right now at uh, 103.3 FM, uh, I think they're calling themselves a the Jekyll right now, is very frustrating to me because A, the signal is really, really bad, especially over in this area. I don't know where this transmitter transmitter is localized or, or if it's a better signal downtown, but it keeps cutting off. I got to listen to my former coworker and good bud Mad Dog on the radio, and he kept cutting out for like three or four seconds at a time. And it's very frustrating to try and listen to that and, and be a fan of, of the radio station if you don't have signal quality, you know? Right. One. Two, there's no... It doesn't seem like there's anybody doing any cohesive programming. So as a programmer... Who put countless of hours to get the radio station the sound the way it did? You need to have structure in, in a, on a radio station to provide quality programming. You know because if it's just throw whatever whatever sticks, and you know what during this this time at uh, this time we're gonna call ourselves a rock station, but we're for three hours on the weekend we're gonna play eighties music, and over here we're gonna play sixties and seventies music. You know be a rock station or don't call yourself a rock station or be am gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I apologize if, if you're offended by this and I don't mean it in any, any way, any disrespect. I, I just know that it is very difficult to have a rock station, very difficult to program a, a radio station. And you hate to hear people criticizing what you're trying to support, but it frustrates me because I know, I know what it can be. Right. That's why, you know what I mean? So please make it better. And uh, and 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 keep rock in South Texas because Lord knows we need a radio station here. Definitely, most you know? definitely.
1: Uh, it's the same thing, same same frustration with Liquid
0: Metal, like mm-hmm. you said. It's not you're not picking on them, uh, and like with Liquid Metal, where it's like oh, have classic rock, and it's like if Samba Pati came on by Santana <laughs> or something. So yeah, if you are get call yourself a classic rock station, don't call yourself. Laredo's Rock Station just gives me the you need to be able to back it up. I didn't go on to call myself Laredo's Rock Station until I could do it, until I could be it, and I and I did. And 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 we did. And uh, you know, Monica and I put a lot of hard work into it. So, that's the only thing. You know, it's like if you're gonna be classic rock, be classic rock, man. I love it. She has great uh, Star has a great mind for classic rock. You know what I mean? She's a she's a rocker. And um and I support her in in her uh quest to get quality uh radio and radio. but there's something missing.
1: It's a it's a uh constructive criticism yeah. though. You're not you're not slamming her and saying oh, you
0: shouldn't be doing You She should.
1: You, you should yeah and, and 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 asking somebody to improve on what they're doing is not it's a critique it's not criticism there's a difference you know when you try to build
0: them up because i care right because i want it you know not even mention it right or tear them down or tear them down you know and i won't i will not tear them down i just know that they can uh that they can be better
1: metal ahead Please exit now to avoid getting caught in the awesome.
0: Whoa, what the heck? We haven't heard that in weeks. What do you mean? We have music today? (laughs) We have music this week? Wow. Was this your doing, Joe? well. My presence here. Is that what it was? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I got a uh, contact. uh, I got this track from um, Leanne Crossburner. From Eden Kaiser. She's getting me hooked up with all these bands. Yeah. And this band is from Norway. And I hope I pronounced this right. And you'll be able to hear it when I play the intro from the lead singer. And I think what he said was, Kierkebrand. But it's spelled Kierkebrand. K-I-R-K-E-B-R-A-N-N. Which is Norwegian for church burning. Because if anything says uh, Norwegian black metal, it's church burning. (laughs) So Kierkebrand. Uh the band started as a project in 2004 in the cellar of Draug's Home from there hey, I'm going to murder these names. I apologize <laughs> guys I know you're from you're from Norway. I'm from South Texas and I'm a Mexican American. So please accept my apologies as I know you would massacre our names as well. Mm-hmm. So let's just this is go like that. You can call you can try and say my name. My last name especially. Badl joined in on the drums. Later, in 2007, Draug uh, called in Ragnar on lead vocals. The The Unholy Trinity was now a fact. Later, Harafen joined on lead guitar and Ivan, it's got to be Ivan, on bass. The band recorded and released the Winterbolt EP on CD. It was also released on tape by Hammerbund. Or Hammerbund. Uh, later, the band recorded three songs to be on a split release with Svit called Betrayal and Blasphemy. Battle left the band, and Moloch joined on drums. The band then recorded a full album, released on Blackground Records. Uh, Rogner left the band, and Draug was now lead vocals, while J.K. joined on rhythm guitar. After a short tour in Spain, Ivan left the band. Ivan, oh, and Scrempt joined on bass, and I'm I'm just guessing that's how it's pronounced because it's spelled S K R O E M T. Skrempt. That's, that's a better guess than I would add. Screamed. I don't know. Maybe it means screamed. Skrempt past tense, yeah. The uh, band started recording the next full-length album this year, as a matter of fact. So their lineup, I think, currently is Draug on vocals, J.K. on rhythm guitar, Hafen on lead guitar, Skrempt on bass, Moloch on drums, and they are in Norway. So from the 2013 release, Nar al Dur, the title track that closes out the album. By the way, that translates into When Everything Dies. It's Schilt and well, here's Draug to introduce it himself. Hello, listeners of Small Hours. This is Draug from Bran and the next song is the title track for my album called Når Enjoy! We go, that is when everything dies, our featured track of the week by Kirkabran or Sherka Brown. I really am sorry, guys. And uh, but I do want to thank you for giving us your track or letting us play your track on the Small Hours podcast. You can check out the band at facebook.com slash K-I-R-K E B-R-A-N-N. Like Captain Kirk Ebrand, but with two N's. Uh, by the way, if you go to Kirkabrand.com, there's a little trivia for you, you can actually purchase black church shaped candles that you can burn make your black metal fantasies come true and burn a stave church in the comfort of your own home that is the actual quote on the website
1: <laughs> so there you go hey are you sure that's uh that's the name he wasn't just answering you in spanish when you said you're in a region he said sure cabron no that wasn't no, that maybe that may be
0: it I, I uh do you all speak spanish in norway <laughs> Uh, practicing the spanish that's true thank you draug i appreciate that uh, for going out there and and uh, trying to learn a new language and thank you for providing the uh, track by the way if you're a band hard rock or heavy metal doesn't have to be black metal it could be anything and everything we've played pretty much a a, a, a wide variety of bands um you can contact us small hours email at com. that small hours email at com. it has a it has a kind of a lilting uh, a musical quality to it doesn't it yes it does When that you said it. it right now it just
1: well, oh that was done intentionally okay. the
0: second time <laughs> small hours email at gmail.com small hours email at gmail.com see now it's going to stick to you <laughs> now you're going to every time you read it you're going to sing it right small hours email at gmail.com there you go all right and you can check us out <laughs> This and all of our really, really dumb podcasts at uh, the... uh... The Small I'm just kidding. We have fun on the on the of, podcast, of especially course. since Brother Joe joined us. It's so much more. It's so much more fun. <laughs> uh, the others just skip them. If it's me by myself, just skip them. Uh, you can also don't forget to stop by and like our page, Facebook.com slash The Small Hours Podcast. That'll do it for episode number. What was it fourteen? Episode number fourteen. I lost it. Fifteen. Fifteen. 15. Episode number fifteen. Yeah. now I'm lost. <laughs> if I don't write it down, I have no clue. So that'll do it for episode number fifteen. Thank you very much for joining us. If you stuck around this long and listened to the entire show, honestly, I commend you. <laughs> I may give you, I may create some sort of uh, Facebook like icon to give people that like a badge. The entire, yes, like a badge of honor. It's gonna be. I think we have to resurrect the idea of the buttons with, uh, with the uh, the beautiful red heart. You know, so that way you can wear it proudly. And support the small hours podcast. That way you can say it. It's like, why are you wearing that?" And you can say, "Well, I have a heart on for the small hours there you, you go. know So we're gonna see we can do that and uh, spread spread the, the the message of love that small hour basically is, you know
1: a badge with that on you know uh, a badge yeah, yeah. with
0: with the heart would just be for great. Facebook. For your, for your, yeah. Excellent. My page has a hard-on for the small hours. There you go. I mean, we need to, are there any designers out there that can design? That shouldn't be too difficult, right? No, somebody would be willing to donate their time. Wolfman. Wolfman. Wolfman, whose birthday is, uh, I believe, today, as this is airing. Happy birthday, Wolfman. Happy birthday. Member of the Small Hours Independent Thinkers. And uh, a very talented uh, artist in his own right as well. I bet you thought I wouldn't remember and I just by pure chance that we remembered, <laughs> so uh, which which uh, pretty much fits how you know the whole thing is yeah yeah is so uh, happy birthday to you Wolf and I believe believe it or not if I'm not mistaken Super Dave is having a birthday today as well. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Super Dave. Uh, yes. Also, who um, who has been on The Small Hours uh, as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, here he is now. I all thought right. I'd be gay all my life. You see? And it did, it turns out he wasn't gay all his life. <laughs> so we're very happy for that as well. Happy birthday of another year of not uh, joining. Was it Justin Timberlake? I think he was imitating at the time. I think, man. Anyway, that's... so that'll do it for episode number 15, I think, because we're still going on another five minutes. After we said it was over. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll let you do your uh, your goodbyes. All right.
1: Uh, hey, thanks for inviting me again. Uh, remember, hug your, love your kids. Hug them, kiss them,
0: buckle them up. Stay off the damn cell phone when you're driving. Thank you. See you next week. Alright, and don't bite any fan any uh celebrities you meet. <laughs> right. Alright. So uh alright, so that'll do it again. Uh thank you very much for joining us. Remember, till next time, knowledge is power, imagination is king, and intelligence your weapon. Read a good book today, and enrich your mind. This is it, episode number thirteen. You've been listening to the Small Hours Podcast. What, you have one more thing? Fifteen. Did I say what? Fourteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. Holy yes. crap. You're digressing. You're you're huh? regressing. Maybe we shouldn't do it with the uh ceiling fan <laughs> off, man. We're like getting dehydrated here. You are. I am getting dehydrated. All right, so that'll do it for episode number 15. 15. All right, excellent. You've been listening to Small Hours Podcast with Al Guevara. I'm Al Guevara. We'll catch you next time.